All right, this goes out to all my sport fans. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team, well, because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate your offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Hope everybody's doing well. Very exciting pitchers and catchers met last week, Tuesday. Just getting closer and closer with baseball season. Thank God. Been waiting a long time for this, right? Uh, Even though baseball season's a very long season, in between each season, it feels like forever. So this is great. Uh, A lot to go over. You can reach me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Like I say every week, all the good shit. Again, thanks for taking the time to make me part of your week. Appreciate it. Now, again, pitchers and catchers. They met on Tuesday. It's funny how excited some of us get watching guys like Blyer throw a baseball, you know? It's like five-second video clip of just seeing uh, somebody throwing a ball. We're like, oh, that's right. We feel like it's been so long. That's what it looks like when an Oriole player throws a baseball. Now, I get how a lot of people are excited watching the five-second clips of Adley Rushman catching a ball. (laughs) Everyone's like, that is the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. But seeing these little videos of Blyer throwing or Givens throwing, and they're like five to eight seconds, and everyone's getting excited, and we're seeing uh, posts from people down in spring training. Givens and Severino had a light workout, drank some water, and stretched for 30 minutes. Everyone's like, ooh, really? oh, shit. What kind of water do they drink? <laughs> and I get it. That's called reporting, Nate. That's what it is. That's how they do it. That's called sports reporting. They're doing their job. I get it. I understand that. But we're so excited about baseball, we we just love scrolling through these little clips of watching somebody throw a baseball. But again, that's the only taste we can get for the baseball season. And coming up soon, we're going to get a really big taste of baseball this season because Masson just put out the schedule for spring training on the games that they're going to televise on the Masson Network. I'm sure you saw this. Uh, Masson put out a post... Uh, But what do we got here? February 26th at 1 o'clock. The Rays, March 2nd at 1 o'clock. The Yankees, March 8th at 1 o'clock. The Blue Jays, March 13th at 1 o'clock. So basically, you know, if you work a 9-to-5 job, you're going to have to call out a day or two if you want to start watching the Orioles on TV. But it sounds like they are going to replay the games coming up later that day. The evening is what the uh, I clicked on. I think it was Rakabaku who posted a quick article, and that's what it looked like. Also, March 22nd. Uh, the Phillies, March 20th, 
the Red Sox, and, and so on. But again, if you can't see the 1 o'clock games, it sounds like they're going to replay it later in the evening. So that'll be fun. See what that's about. Uh, by the way, last week I mentioned an email that came in. Somebody said, hey, before you read it, I just want to make sure it's okay for you to read it. Uh, his name's Hank. That was funny. I said to myself, I don't think I've ever met a Hank. I'm not saying Hank's a crazy name. I mean, I think it's a very old-fashioned name. It just reminds me of all the guys that my grandfather used to hang out with back in the day, you know? I don't think uh, parents are naming their sons Hank anymore. Could be way off, and I apologize if your name is Hank and you're under the age of 70. But it's kind of like when you don't want anyone to know your real name. What's your name? That's oh, John Smith. <laughs> so Hank sent an email into the show, wanted to share a story that he had, heading over to Camden Yards. So I'm going to get to that here in just a second. And I understand you're reading the email. I, I guess I get maybe because it was his wife's brother, I guess he's got to ask his probation officer to make sure, you know, hey, is it okay to tell the story about when you got busted? But anyway, I'll be reading that in a second. Also, I want to explain myself here for the record. I am aware there is a national football team named the Detroit Lions. I know that. And I've also mentioned before on the show, I say a lot of stupid shit. Sometimes I don't realize I said something wrong. All right. Sue me. I guess last week when I was talking about a uh, ar- arcade game, I, I, I was talking about the XFL. And I used to go to Flickers a lot. Remember that arcade place in, in uh, Chatham Mall? That was the greatest place. It was like heaven for kids. But I used to play this arcade game. I think it was called Blitz or no, maybe it was something. Anyway, I was giving examples of the uh, team names they used. And I said, you know, they don't use actual NFL teams. And one of the examples was Lions. And I think I meant to say Tigers and I said Lions instead. All right. And then I was uh, giving examples of other football leagues that didn't work out like the Arena League. And I said AFL instead of AAF. So sorry. Sometimes I just say stupid shit, and I don't even realize it. And speaking of stupid shit, hope you enjoyed your Valentine's Day. Ugh, that was this past Friday. Do you even celebrate that day? Now, I know if you're single, you might go home and put a little nice romantic Netflix movie up and pour yourself some wine and go to bed and go to bed happy, you know? You don't have to uh, worry about making sure... That you're getting the perfect flowers, the perfect gift, the perfect card. Now, thank God my wife's not like that. We give each other a card. I give her some roses every now and then, even on Valentine's Day, just to say, hey, I love you. We're good, right? Okay, and we shake hands. Yeah, we're good. We go our separate way. (laughs) But, you know, I do have friends who say, yeah, my my girlfriend or my wife, uh, they they say they're not into Valentine's Day. They're not really into it. Look, I could be old-fashioned. Okay, I know times have changed these days. I don't know if I'm exactly woke like a lot of other people out there, so call me old-fashioned. But I still think that women, no matter who you are, you still like a little something on Valentine's Day because everybody around you, you see the husbands sending over the flowers at them at work. You you know, the girl to the right of you or to the left of you in their cubicle, you see all these flowers piling around. And I know you told your husband I'm not into flowers, but in the back of your mind you're going, but... It would be nice if they sent me something. <laughs> so that's why I always do that. And I fucked up this year. I, uh, My wife, her new job, it's like she, she's in one of those uh, companies where she can't tell me what she's doing or she'd have to kill me. So I can't have flowers delivered. So I went down the street to um, a mom and pop shop. 
to buy the roses. And boy, did I fuck up. I paid over $100 for just a dozen roses. You're a moron. And they saw me coming a mile away walking into that store. Look at this idiot. Two days before Valentine's Day. Let's upcharge the hell out of these plants he's going to buy from us. Won't do that again. And they die. No matter you spend 500 or $5, they're going to die in a couple days anyway. But, you know, just a reminder, letting my wife know, look, I know we don't go big on Valentine's Day, but here you go. So, thank God we all got through it, Valentine's Day. All right, uh, moving on to something that uh, gets us all excited. Pitchers and catchers. Again, they met last Tuesday. Seeing the video, the slow motion video, (laughs) seeing them roll up, you know, getting out of their cars, walking through the parking lot in plain clothes, it got everybody excited. It looked like a Backstreet Boy music video. And everybody on Twitter was having fun with that video. Even fans and bloggers and uh, sports media members who don't follow the Orioles were even chiming in like, who the fuck are these guys? It reminds me of the movie Major League. That scene, you know, who the fuck is this guy? Everyone rolling up like, what the hell is going on? And it was basically like a game. Everybody was trying to name the players who uh, who was strolling up in the video because all of them were playing clothes. They don't have their number and their name on the back of their jersey and... Sometimes we're just not used to seeing them without a hat on. So we're like, who the hell is that? I think I named almost everyone. There's one or two I I, I didn't recognize. Of course, we all recognize Hunter Harvey. And he needs to keep that mullet going. Because so many kids, he might bring the mullet back in Camden Yards. There's going to be a lot of kids either wearing the wigs of mullets because you know they got to start selling those. One of the giveaways got <laughs> got to be the bobblehead with a mullet or the wig or something with a mullet. There's going to be dudes, hey, maybe even women, cutting their hair like back in the early 80s with the mullet. The mullet is going to be big in Camden Yards in the next couple of years. I guarantee it. <laughs> so good for Hunter Harvey. I'm excited. Other people outside the Orioles organization are already talking about him. I saw some people on Twitter retweet somebody who I'm not familiar with, but they write for sports, and they're saying, hey, watch out for this kid, Hunter Harvey. He might be something special. So hopefully that pans out. Who knows what's going to happen with the rotation. Obviously, as we know, Means and Cobb will be in the rotation. A lot of pressure on Means as well, I think. You know, everyone's talking about John Means because we're really, that's the guy we're counting on, Cobb. I can't exactly say I'm 100% confident that he's going to come back. But John Means, we're all hoping he's not going to shit the bed. He had a great year last year, made the All-Star game. Then we've got Stewart. They have um, Stewart as the third pitcher, MLB.com. Wojciechowski is number four and Aiken number five. And then Bailey Rucker and Hess. Again, I'm just not a fan of Hess at all. Terrible. Hopefully he gets his shit together. And again, with pitching, <laughs> just trying to... Pile on those old veterans till the young guys come up, right? 33-year-old left-hander Tommy Malone coming in. Michael Elias decided, hey, come on board. Let's see what you got. Kind of just squeeze in the role till the other guys come up. He's been in the show for nine years. Former 10th-round pick of the Washington Nationals out of USC back in 08. I guess we'll see. You know, it's hard to discuss on why the Orioles pick up certain players these days, especially knowing their goal is really not to win. I mean, that's silly to say in sports. We always want to see a winning game, right? You always want the team that you're managing or what, whatever. You want them to win. But it's not exactly the goal 
to make the playoffs. So these players that they pick up, it's kind of hard to break them down and explain why they want him and what was the reason for that. And this is why they feel that he's a winning player and he's going to go well in the rotation. It's basically just like, ah, you know, he's just kind of grabbing people here and there saying, come on, come aboard. Again, it's it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what, you know, Elias and the Orioles, their decision was for this guy. It was a little easier, 2012, 2014, 2016, when the Orioles were good and they bring up a player. So we'd say this is why they feel that they can bring this player on to win him possibly a championship. Now it's just don't know. J.J. Hardy, Jeff Conine, Mike Bordick, Ben McDonald, Scott McGregor, Brian Roberts, all very, very familiar names. They're going to be uh, guest instructors at Orioles Spring Training. That'll be pretty cool. Keep an eye on that. J.J. Hardy. That was always fun every time he came up to bat. Missed that guy. I say that a lot now. Man, I miss that guy. I mean, when you're watching a team like the Orioles are playing right now, any player prior to these past few seasons, <laughs> you're going to automatically say, man, I miss that guy. Because right now you want any familiar face or anyone on this team to help this team win. Man, I really miss that guy. I miss any guy that is not on the team anymore. So getting to watch some Oriole games coming up on your Masson Network. Almost there, folks. I say it every week, regardless whether they lose 100 or 120, 150, I'm excited. It's Orioles baseball. Going to get back to the Orioles here in just a second. Also, pro- might mention the Astros later. I mean, we all know what a shit show that's been. They 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 completely shit the bag with apologizing It's been all over social media. If you're a baseball fan, sports fan, I'm sure you've seen it. They made it even worse. You know, a lot. you didn't think you could hate the Astros anymore. Now you know you can because how they handled trying to apologize. What a fucked up way to apologize. So I might get into that a little bit later. We'll see if I can stomach talking about the Astros right now. But the email from a gentleman by the name of Hank (laughs) had to make sure that it was okay to read the email And when I read it to you, I guess I understand why. Maybe the guy's in jail and his attorney's saying, ah, you might want to hold off on telling that story. Here's what it says. Back in June 2005, my girlfriend's older brother was driving me and two other friends to an Orioles game. I actually married her 10 years later, so she's now my wife. But at the time, we just started dating. I remember the exact year because I was ending my freshman year of high school and we were all celebrating by going to an Orioles game Sitting in box seats. That was exciting for us because we were always up in the nosebleeds. Finally got our hands on some box seats, so we took advantage of it. On the way there, we got pulled over by police for speeding, I think. My wife's brother was always getting into trouble back then and wasn't exactly friendly, friendly to police officers. He was such a dickhead to me, too. Moments later, I could hear the officer tell him to turn the car off and step out of the car. Apparently, he had a bowl half-filled with weed sitting in plain sight, and the officer could see it. (laughs) He then started arguing with the cop, telling him they could not search the car, trying to spit out state laws that don't even exist. I remember hearing my girlfriend in the front seat say, he is so fucked. Next thing I knew, a canine dog jumped on the trunk, barking like crazy. When they popped the trunk, the police found an entire trash bag full of weed. He was definitely fucked. I have never, ever seen that much weed, even in the movies. (laughs) 
Hank says, thankfully, none of us had anything on us, and the police knew we were innocent, knowing we were 10 years younger than her brother. One of the cops was really cool and gave us a ride in his car to the stadium. Everyone was looking at us when we got out of the back seat of the cop car, probably wondering why we were escorted by a cop. My mom picked us up later that night after the game and wasn't happy hearing my new girlfriend's brother had a pound of weed in the car with us. It took years for my mom to trust my girlfriend and her family. Hank, thanks so much for the email. Jesus. Though, if you're saying it was a trash bag filled with weed, that's not a pound. That's like like five pounds of weed, isn't it? (laughs) A trash bag full of the pot, as your parents would always say. Are you on the pot, son? No. I'm not on the pot. I do a lot of acid, but I don't do pot. Speaking of which, I remember that a few months ago, right? Somebody wrote in <laughs> talking about how they had a bad trip taking acid at Camden Yards. Now that I think about it, there's a lot of stories that come in about <laughs> taking drugs, getting busted with drugs, tripping on LSD. What kind of people are tuning into the show? Come on. Drugs are bad, kids. Well, Hank, I'm glad you still got to see the game. Driving around with a shit ton of weed. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't smell it. Maybe you didn't know what it smelled like at that age. You would think with the guy with the bowl up front filled with weed and the trash bag filled with weed in the trunk, you'd start going, wait a minute. Something smells interesting. So anyway, again, thanks, Hank, for reaching out. (laughs) Just be careful who you get in cars with. I'm sure your mom told you that. Gotta be careful. Oh, boy a lot of fucking weed all right a little bit later before i wrap up the show i'm sure i'll give my opinion on the astros you know fuck them i i don't even they don't even deserve me talking about them on my podcast you know <laughs> but before i move there on to uh the houston asterisk as everyone likes to say right now matt krimnenser had him on the show used to write for the athletic now writes for press box He wrote an interesting article, Three Orioles Who Could Enjoy Bounce-Back Seasons in 2020. The three three guys he writes about is Blyer, Cobb, and Givens. Now, when you see what those guys did last year, or what they didn't do last year, odds are you think they can only do better. And they're three important pitchers that the Orioles need to count on. Now, Blyer, I have some faith in him. You know, obviously with the injuries, it, it can fuck up your mojo. You know, he's probably feeling better now with some rest, has some new analytic data used. Doug Brokow will be working with him, and he had a good track record. Blyer had a good track record, 2017-2018. The injury, tried to come back 2019, shit the bed, didn't work. But in 2017-2018, he had a sub-2 ERA, and he was on his way to do the do it again in 2018. Only pitched 32 innings before the injury. He had a 193 ERA. Before that, he had a 198 ERA. 2019, after the injury comes back, we're thinking, all right, here he is. This is who we need. We need Blyer to keep us in some games. He allowed seven runs in his first four innings through March and early April. And then they were like, ah, no, 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 no. You're shitting the bed again. You're on the injured list. Fuck it. We got we to gotta try to figure this out. Then he comes back. He returns in May, 459 ERA, 51 innings, and he just didn't have it. Obviously, something was there, and it was getting very heated. He was getting very frustrated. Everybody was getting frustrated on the Orioles. Remember uh, late August, there was a game, I think Blyer, he gave up like four runs in one inning. I think he was pissed off about the shift. It didn't matter that night. I mean, he was giving up rockets. But as he was coming off the field, infield coach Jose Flores 
If you remember that, they start mouthing back and forth, getting in each other's face. It was brutal. And then, then uh, Chris Davis and Brandon Hyde, I mean, it's just a complete mess. Everything was falling apart. And then there's Alex Cobb. I talked about him last week, broke him down, broke all the uh, numbers down, all his stats. You know, you're just thinking, all right, he can only do better. Do I have faith that he's going to bounce back? I have no idea. Right now, no. So we'll see how that works out. Again, talked about him last week. Now, Michael Givens. Now, I do have faith in this guy. I think he's going to do all right. He had it a little rough last year. A lot of people thought he was going to be the closer for the Orioles, but, you know, posted a 440 ERA and allowed a 683 OPS in save situations, and he's posted a 285 ERA and allowed a 620 OPS in non-save situations. This is the article I'm reading that Matt wrote. He said, so when the pressure isn't all there, he's better. Says he's best when he's able to come into the game in the sixth or seventh inning, preferably against a handful of right-handed batters. He's also better in brief bursts and when he doesn't appear in multiple innings or throw more than 25 pitches. So, so I read that and basically, if he's not on his A game, it's going to be a long fucking night for Givens. So those are three important pitchers, and I'm going to keep my eye on that. If if they can come through and they can get their shit together, you got John Means, you got Cobb. Blyer, Givens, the setup man. I, I still think Hunter Harvey they're going to be working with in the 8th and ninth inning. Ho- hopefully uh, the ninth, just one inning guy. You know, with how hard Hunter Harvey is pitched and with injuries, I hope they don't use him for uh, more than one inning. Hopefully he's a closer, gets in there, gets out, he's done. And from last year and the year before, you know, a lot of people say this team, it, it seems like it, it can only get better with how the pitching was. With... <laughs> With how the record was. It can only get better, but some things you hear and some things you read, it's going to get worse. Like, Jesus. It's interesting. I saw somebody post on Twitter. They said, uh, someone asked, if the Orioles knew every pitch, like the Astros did, would the Orioles have made the playoffs? (laughs) I thought that was an interesting question. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I mean, I know Mike Bordick said, we talked about this last week, he said if every major league batter knew what pitch was coming, they'd all be Hall of Fame players. It's like it's that easy when you're in the major leagues. But then I'm thinking, all right, how bad the Orioles pitching was. You know, the, the offense would put up 15 runs. Our pitching would give up 16. So they'd always lose like by a run or two. What a great night. Orioles offense, 18 runs. Unfortunately, they lose 18 to 20. The just pitching was that bad. So I don't know. The pitching was average, yes. I would think they would have made the playoffs. And speaking of the Astros... You know, with all the shit that's happening, now it's getting worse with the uh, quote-unquote apologizing bullshit interviews or statements that they gave. Oh, it's just getting worse. Carrera, he needs to shut the fuck up. Get away from the microphone. Someone puts a mic in your face, you walk away. But I was thinking, how are the players around the league this year coming up this season? How are they interact with the Astro players when... They're standing on second or first base or wherever. However, the situation is where they have a chance to interact with the players on the field. Are they going to do that? What What is going to happen? How many times? I mean, Dusty Baker now made a statement that he wants to make sure that the umpires, before the game even starts, put a stop to any pitchers throwing at his players. And if they do, he wants to make sure that the umpires take care of it. And Carrera now is going after players who are calling him out. Uh, If you didn't hear, Kurt Suzuki came out and claimed that the Astros were cheating 
in 2019. And Carrera comes out and goes, oh, we weren't cheating. I heard his comments. At this point, if somebody thinks that you guys cheated back in 1976, you shut the fuck up and you let them say what they want to say. Because I think it's way too early. And I don't know if it's there's ever going to be a time where you can defend yourselves that you weren't cheating. You can't go on record and defend yourself and say things like, well, we weren't cheating then. We get that we were cheating at that point, but here we weren't. Shut the fuck up. So Carrera comes out and says, yeah, I heard Kurt Suzuki's comments blaming us that we were cheating in 2019. And he follows up with, so all the players now are above the lawyers that MLB is using? Above the commissioner's report? Like, seriously, bro? That's what he says. Like, seriously, bro? The commissioner's report clearly says in 2019, nothing happened. It's straight up baseball players with talent playing the game of baseball. You know, Carrera starts getting really upset. And then he says, and Suzuki had the audacity to tell reporters that the Astros were cheating because they heard the whistles? Come on, bro. Shut the fuck up. I never want to see anyone get hurt in any sport. But if a baseball, a 100-mile-per-hour baseball gets them in the ribs, I'm not going to feel too sorry for him. Now, don't throw at his head. I, I don't care what the situation is. I see a pitcher throw at the batter's head. I'm not for it. But in the rib, down in the leg, wouldn't feel sorry for him. So he continues. He goes, the fans whistle during the game. The fans whistle all the time during the game. What does a whistle mean? So don't go out there and tell reporters that we were cheating. Don't go above MLB, the investigation, the lawyers, the report when obviously there was nothing going on. Carrera, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Way too early. You all got caught cheating. And nobody is 100% sure when it began, when it started. I've read a lot of reports. It seems like they, quote unquote, pinpointed when and where it happened and how it happened. But nobody is 100% convinced really what's going on. So at this point, you should probably just ignore everything that is being said about your team getting caught cheating. Suzuki wasn't the only Nationals player that spoke out. I mean, Max Scherzer said the Astros crossed the line and vowed for the league to find a way to ensure it never happens again. Sean Doolittle wondered about the pitchers that lost their jobs because of getting hit around by Houston. I mean, it's just every day a new pitcher's coming. I mean, a new player's coming out. It's going to go on and on and on. And then you got the uh, you got the the Astros owner Crane. I mean, what the fuck are you talking about? He, With his comment about how the cheating didn't impact the game, and then 10 seconds later, a reporter goes, what do you mean it didn't impact the game? And then he responds with, I didn't say it, it didn't impact the game. This dude either has a serious case of dementia or he's just a flat-out fucking asshole. Or both. And then Mike Bolsinger, XMLB pitcher, He's suing the Astros, demanding that the Astros donate their $31 million in 2017 postseason bonuses to charity. I'm for that, too. Man, these guys fucked up. And Carrera and the owner, they're just making things worse. It's like nobody is coaching them on how to handle this situation. It's almost like they thought this was just going to go away. Never, No one was ever going to talk about it. So they didn't have a plan of what they were going to say. And then when they get in front of a mic, they're like, uh, 
and just say some stupid ass shit. I have friends who have 10 year old kids and they're following the situation and even they're giving a better apology statement saying shit like, well, this is what they should have said or they shouldn't have said that. Kid's 10 years old talking to me about this and he's giving a more mature response than everything we've heard from Crane to Carrera to Altuve, whatever. And and I don't want to hear the shit about how Altuve wasn't involved in Carrera saying uh, Altuve had nothing to do with it. He was always the one to say, hey, guys, I, I don't need I, I don't need to cheat, whatever. At this point, I don't feel sorry for anyone. It, it's just a mess. <laughs> anyway, enough of them. Uh, Hank, appreciate the email. I uh, still love to get your guys' opinion on what you think about the Astros. I'm, I'm sure we all have the same opinion. You know, I'm sure there's a couple of you out there who say, I don't think they did anything that bad. They didn't break the rules because of this or that. All right, right into the show. Love to hear from you. Chaos at gmail.com. Regardless of how the Orioles are going to do, I'm still excited. I say it every week. I don't care. It's Orioles season. Bring it on. Let's have some fun. Till next time. See you.